It began with a chain of odd happenings that seemed to have one crazy unfathomable connection and not even Superman and Batman grasped the terrifying truth until it was too late to save the world from the invasion of the deathless brain. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Brave and the Bob. And I have a first timer, not to my airwaves, but to my show, The Brave and the Bob, Ross from Stop Let's Team Up. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I had fun. I've, I've been wa- waiting to get on this show because I do I do enjoy uh, some zany haney. Mm, yeah, this one, when uh, you and I had talked about you coming on the show, there were a couple of different issues we were kicking around, and I didn't hadn't read this issue. What I basically did was anything that I didn't have, uh, single issues or trades, I basically went to a database and said, okay, what's everything Bob Haney has done? just so I can mix in some other titles as well within the Brave and the Bolds that I know he did because I own them, uh, either in single or omnibus edition. And I saw, oh, he did a bunch of World Finest. Let me check these out. And, you know, I did little screenshots of the covers just to remind myself and then to just shoot them out there to guests say, hey, how about this one or how about that one? So this was actually a first read for me, uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is World's Finest Comics number 251 from uh, cover date June, July 1978. So had you read this one before? I'm not. I don't think so. I think I would have remembered this plot. <laughs> yeah, you. I really. This. I. My brother, because at this point I'm 14, so I'm reading. I'm. You know, I know where the box of comics are. That mm-hmm. I'm. You know, and I'm allowed to go remember this comics. But he loved the big comic. He. You know. He. But you know. Uh, every time he saw 100 Page Giant or what. This is an era of in the 70s where you got a lot of bang for your buck. Adventure was one of these big books. Mm-hmm. You know, and World's Finest, Super Team Family, mm-hmm. Superman Family, Batman Family, Detective Comics had a bunch of 100-pagers. Mm-hmm. So I know if this was in the house, and I may have read it, and just it didn't stick. But I mm-hmm. think I would have remembered yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, this. I, I think you would, too. Yeah, this is one of the, uh, you know, 80-pager dollar comics uh, from uh, that era, like you were saying, you know, the late 70s there, when they, they were packing these 80-pagers and the 100-pagers, and Wow, for a dollar to get eighty pages worth of comics. Oh my again, god! See, I remember. It's, yeah, I remember, it's great. When I, yeah, oh my god! I remember when I first worked in my first comic shop, like for credit, like in seventy nine and eighty, and through high school. I mean, comics were still a buck, seventy five cents a dollar. Now they're five bucks, which is blows absurd. my mind. It is <laughs> yeah, absurd because you get so much. Le- you get so much less for your money. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. in some in some modern comics, and others you don't, but. Um, but this one, I don't, I don't remember reading it. If I did, yeah, yeah, this is this one's really, really crazy. I mean, I feel like I say that every time I record about a Haney well, but it's, uh, a story, but it, it's really off the rails. Yeah, this is really like I enjoyed it, but some of the zany Haney stuff, like in the Titans, is really strategic, weird. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's he's putting a, he's like putting a, a spin on Titans. He wants Titans to be what he considers hip and cool. <laughs> And weird, and I think it's an intentional. It's a little like it's like you know, a little hipsterish. Where I'm, he's being, he's doing weird, ironic things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this wasn't. This was a, just a. It was really weird, and I didn't. Superman and Batman comics in this era weren't really something I do, dove into. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, yeah. So I feel like the more of these. Uh, Brave and the Bolds and World's Finest and things I read, I feel like there's there's two Bob Haney's. There's the one where he's writing stories and he's interjecting some social commentary and things in with it. And it's usually a pretty solid story, even if nobody knows what universe it comes from or fits into. And then there's other Haney stories, and that's where I would uh, put this uh, story we're going to talk about today into the category of he was just trying to write a superhero story and it's just, it's really off the rails. Like what happens in it, uh, you know, some of the panels and scenes, you're just like, what, why did he do that? Like, that's so crazy. But you know, again, it's still by the end of these stories, I'm laughing and I'm having a good time. And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, cause this was, this was just, you know, I, I think you're right. It's just a straightforward superhero comic book. Mm-hmm. A very traditional Silver Age, Bronze Age, S- Superman, Batman are best friends, and they go on missions together all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, absolutely. So, well, why don't we start with the cover on this one here? Uh, we got a cover by, you know, uh, my favorite, which is uh, Jim Apparel here. And this is a really cool cover, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, um, it, it, I think it makes the story look a little different than what it is. <laughs> you know, mm. it's a little, because I'm a big, I like the, the interior and I'm a big George Tuska fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's not Jim Apparo. Right. But, yeah, but I really like it. It's almost yeah, Adam-esque. Yeah. So to set the table here, we have uh, Superman and Batman on the cover. And Superman is in the air, and he's fighting this alien. It almost looks like a bit of an octopus, and it looks like it's either breathing fire or there's, like, lava around it or something. It looks very crazy. And it has a brain that is visible to us, the reader, that's, like, like purple, pinkish. And then it's surrounded by, like, this bright kind of starry kind of color effect. Uh, and Superman is saying, get back, Batman. I can't stop it. And Batman is just standing there all calm, and he goes, let it come, Superman. I'm the one it's after. Like, oh, well, it's going to get me, and the invasion <laughs> of the deathless brain. <laughs> it is. It's 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 very different than the interior. I like it. It's a really nice cover. I like... Uh, this was mm-hmm. a... This would have been a book I would have probably picked up, you know, if I was buying it because you had Wonder Woman in it, Black Canary, Green Arrow, Creeper, mm-hmm. too. So their faces on the cover. But Batman yeah. is just kind of standing there going, yeah, it's coming for me. Yeah, let, let it get me. I'm, I'm good. He's like, <laughs> I, 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 I've solved enough crimes in Gotham. It can take me. <laughs> That's great. So, all right. Well, yeah, like we said, this is a script by uh, Zany Bob Haney and pencils by George Tuska, inks by Vinnie Coletta. Colors, Jerry Serpy, and Letters, Ben Oda. So, yeah, why don't we jump right into this one here? So there's a page that kind of sets the table for the whole book here uh, that says World's Finest. And it's kind of in these block forms on the very uh, first story page there. What do you think of that one? I liked it. It's it's Tusca. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a, an old spirit cover. Yeah. Where all the, you know, the t- spirit's name was always built, spelt out in a, in the background. I kind of like, like stone. It. Yeah, and like stone yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. It's definitely uh, very Will Eisner for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so but mm-hmm. so I just I just really like it. It was a, it was it's a, it was nice than having like a cre- you know, a credits page or something like that to to show you what's in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it is really a good setup because you know they they are small figures, but you do see there's you know, Batman and Superman, they're kind of front and center and Superman's flying and Batman's on one of his bat lines swinging. And then you see the creeper down by the T in finest creeping, I guess you would say. And then mm-hmm. Black Canary and Green Arrow at the bottom there. And Wonder Woman, she's on this little uh, platform that's between the O and the R in the world's finest world. It's like a, it looks like she's on a fire escape. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird. That looks a little bizarre uh, compared to the rest of it. So where did this fire escape come from? It's, it's kind of crazy, but I do like it. It looks really good. And like I said, it's there's a little blurb and a little like caption box for each of the other stories in there as well, which is really, really cool. I really like this one quite a bit. I thought it was good. Yeah, it, it was right. neat. I like how it breaks it up by what cities they live in, too. It's very, very specific. Yeah, yeah, it does a good job of getting you ready for this issue. So, all right, well, why don't we jump into this one here? So we're going to be talking about this, you know, invasion of the deathless brain story, because that's the zany Haney story of the issue. And uh, there's a little tiny uh, synopsis here on uh, DC Phantom. I'll read it says an alien race unites the brain of George Gorilla Boss Dyke with the body of a chlorophyll sapping monster with hopes to conquer Earth. But Superman and Batman stop them, although Dyke manages to escape with his former accomplice, Doc Willard. so yeah this one is absolutely really really off the rails but again i I like it so let's uh, let's dive in here shall we (laughs) so all right on the very first page you know you see this explosion happening um and batman and superman are getting like blasted back by it so i really do like how it starts out here it says uh (laughs) the caption box reads alibaba's cave the Elephant's Graveyard, Merlin's Lair, the Lab of Dr. Faustus, legendary secret places, all but the most fabulous refuge refuge of all time you are in right now, the Fortress of Solitude, as the world's two greatest superheroes trapes its vastness with measured step. And <laughs> there's Batman and Superman walking around. And there's a giant, like, almost looks like some kind of naval vessel. I think it's a Titanic. 
I oh, think they're saying that he's, it's got to be some for some old Superman story or just assuming that Superman saved the Titanic or raised the Lusitania or something or other in some old story. Because I don't know if back remember how there was always a map of where everything was in the Batcave? Yeah. And every so often you get a double page spread in a comic. It showed you the dinosaur, the penny. Mm -hmm. So I know there wants to, you know, maybe this is what's, you know, in Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, and I love how he's monologuing to Batman and he says, I need you here, old friend, because I'm about to jettison some of the kryptonite that's been recently falling back to Earth into the disintegration pit. So he kind of has like a Vincent Price, like, you know, <laughs> uh, acid pit in uh, the Fortress of Solitude here. I thought that was kind of weird. I was, yeah, I was thinking, because I remember as a kid when they wrote Kryptonite out. Mm -hmm. um, that was like, it's a famous Neil Adams cover where Su Superman's breaking the chains. And oh, then, yeah. Then, and then maybe this is like six or seven years later, they went, we need Kryptonite back because now he, there's nothing that harms him. So <laughs> we have to have to give him a weakness again. Yeah, and then it shows uh, uh, the two of them, I'm assuming, in a crane. Or I'm sorry, it shows Batman in a crane, because I guess maybe Superman has to stand back because it's kryptonite. Yeah. And Batman is using this crane to drop it into this crazy pit of, you know, acid or whatever. And that's what causes this crazy explosion that knocks the crap out of both of them. Um, so, OK, that's like, why did that blow up? OK, we're going to kind of kind of find out some answers to these questions here, but. You know, Batman's kind of wobbled here, and he goes, now I know how a bowling ball feels after a 10 strike. <laughs> and then Superman's at these computers. It almost looks like something like out of Dr. Doom's lair. And he says, never happened before when I dumped any kryptonite. Let's run a computer check on all the stuff put into the pit recently. And the computer says, no causative connection. Explosion due to spontaneous combustion. Danger level zero. And Superman says, Maybe they combine to form some dangerous compound or, well, I see I'm wrong. Spontaneous combustion. That explains it all. And he says, help me check the rest of the place that might impact and have some upset some delicate equipment. So then I love this. Why don't you take this last panel here on page three? Oh, oh yeah. It's they're, they're <laughs> checking the clock and it's Batman's going. Everything checks. But hey, look, if the force of the explosion knocked your date indicator two days ahead, I'm I always remember March 15th. I make sure I send a birthday card to my friend, Bob Haney. The old scribbler was born on the Ides of March. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's great. And then the very next panel on the very next page, Superman. Oh, right. Is Bob still claiming to be 39? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anytime it doesn't happen a lot that I'm aware of, but anytime they reference actually Bob Haney in a comic, I love it even just a little bit more when the characters do that. I mean, but why <laughs> does he do it? Is it an ego thing? It's like they don't, he doesn't think they're going to put his name in the credits. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think to myself, maybe he was just that crazy. He thought that would be a funny joke. And here we go. And I mean, I'm, I'm laughing. It's funny. It's funny to me. So I like oh, yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, this isn't at the level of when he was actually in a comic. Um, I can't remember which issue number it is maybe it's like 120 121 122 somewhere where it's that cover where there's a hooded guy and it shows jim apparel at the drawing board and he says you know rock batman kills rock or i kill you apparel and in that issue apparel's in the issue bob haney's in the issue and murray boltonoff is in the issue oh my god <laughs> yeah i think that I'm, actually, I'm not surprised by that earth b mm -hmm, that might have been either the first episode I recorded for uh, this show or the second yeah. uh, time Tim Price was on one of the two. Cause I know it was he and I that talked about it. Oh yeah. I, I like that one because it was like, I remember, because I remember reading that when it came out. Yeah. That, and that's crazy. And then to me, I'm thinking, okay, that was like one time Haney wrote something crazy. No, that was just the beginning. <laughs> oh, <cut now. laughs> yeah. That was just the beginning. And then I did forget too, that this is in the era where Clark Kent is not, you know, a mild manner reporter anymore. He's on the television. And Lana Lang's his co-host. Yeah. So uh, Superman, you know, flies Batman back to Gotham. I would have thought he would have brought like the bat plane or something, but I guess not. And we do see in that pit where they drop that kryptonite, there's some kind of reaction going on there. And the caption says, events are brewing, which shall unleash shattering forces beyond even the famed duels, wildest imaginings. And then we cut right to the, uh, 
the studio here. Is it WGBS or something like that? I think it's called. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the guy running the TV show here is uh, the TV station here is Morgan Edge. And he says, kill the opening intro, run another commercial. And Batman <laughs> and Lana are sitting there like, what's this guy's problem? And he says, Kent, you idiot, that white suit. And he is literally wearing a white, completely white suit, like, you know, an ice cream man with a black tie. And yeah. Kent goes, what white suit? The one you've got on, idiot. It looks like an ice cream parlor soda jerk. Get off camera. Lana, take the anchor spot. She says, yes, sir, Mr. Edge. And I love how she thinks to herself, poor Clark, Morgan Edge is a bully and the real jerk here. But I can't miss the chance to do the news solo. <laughs> I know. And I think in this timeline, Lana doesn't know. That's a, yeah, that's a burn fix. That's a burn tweak that Lana knows who he is. This is when, she, you know, no one knows but Pete Ross. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good 10 years before that'll happen. But yeah, this oh, yeah. is great. And then Clark does think to himself, I could have sworn I put on my green suit. But I guess I'm getting absent-minded. And <laughs> uh, then we see, I love this next one too, mean, Meantime in Gotham City. And we see Jim Gordon there. Now listen, I get it. He's a cop. Why does he have his revolver just sitting out on his desk? Maybe it digs into his hip when he's sitting on the t- sitting down. <laughs> oh my know. gosh. Yeah, he says, where is he? It's time. All these weeks of sweating it out. He's got to be here. So of course you're thinking, okay, I guess he's waiting for Batman. Well, Batman shows up in the window like he always does. And Gordon, eh, who's there? Oh, fire. And he has his gun pointed right at Batman. It's kind of like, how jumpy are you, Jim? That you just, you know. Yeah, and this is the commissioner? What are the, like, beat cops like? If the commissioner's ready to blast somebody. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. But he goes, good evening, commissioner. You are nervous tonight. Shall we go? I'm thinking, where are him and Gordon going together? Because, again, Gordon's the commissioner. The commissioner doesn't like, you know, strap on his 38 and go running around the streets trying to catch criminals. Well, in Bob Haney's universe, he does. Yeah, they just go walking down the street to a where where they know there's going to be a crime. Yeah, they just they they walk down the street and Gordon says, "I don't like it. Just the two of us handling this." And Batman's response is, "The only way, commissioner, mob of cops would blow the whole deal." I I can't figure out why a mob of cops would blow the whole deal once we see what's happening here. But they creep down in a manhole and quickly they may have a lookout. I'm thinking, who's they? What's going on here? They go down into the sewers and there's a bunch of guys. And I guess what's going on here is, are they kind of like trying to drill into like the bottom of a bank or something? Yeah, it's kind of like the plot. I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie called The Lady Killers, where it's an old English film. And where the these gangsters go into someone's basement, they rent a room in this old lady's house, and then they dig a tunnel to a safe. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, they see uh, these guys are, you know, grabbing all this cash. And the one guy says, we've broken through after all these weeks of work. We're rich. There's a fortune here. And you hear, which none of you will ever spend. And a guy, the Batman. And then another guy, Gordon. So he's aware yeah. of who Gordon is. Yeah, and he's as confused as we are. Is why is Gordon walking around in the sewers with Batman? Yeah, and then how about this next page? Page six here. Does Gordon shoot this guy? It sure looks like he shoots this guy in the head. Uh, no, because I think Batman knocks him out in the next panel. It's like they're they're like stormtroopers of the A team. They're shooting at each other, and no one got hit. Yeah, from like five feet away too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a Silver Age comic. No one can get shot. Yeah, it's like what is going on here? But yeah, Batman. He jumps through there and kicks this one guy right in the head. And the yeah, that's great you know, George Tusca action where people just leap in these bizarre ways. Yeah, yeah, his knees are like up near his chest and he's kicking this guy right upside the head with his, oh, is it a Tommy gun there or a shotgun or something he has? <laughs> but yeah, Gordon says, we got him. We got him in the act. And Batman says, check. Once that stoolies tip said they were digging this tunnel, we had to wait to grab them with the money exhibit i'm sorry with the money evidence exhibit one and what the heck does batman have in his hand there i don't know a candle yeah it almost looks like uh, i don't know what he's got but he's striking a match and he's holding something in his hand that looks really bizarre and golden still gordon still has his pistol in his hand by the way but but uh, my next the next caption says but late the next day at gotham courthouse well hold on i get it this was 1978 but you're telling me somebody committed a crime and the next day they were in court? I don't believe it. 
Oh, I think they're being arraigned, and they're just the judge just throws it out. It may be their arrangement. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It is the, the lawyer, Your Honor, my clients cannot be indicted for robbery since they sold nothing. And Gordon's there, and he says, what? The money, half a million, is in that satchel. And he goes, here, what's all this? Huh? And the guy goes, colorless. Exactly. United States currency is green by law. These bills, evidence exhibit one, are not green. They cannot be passed as legal tender. Hence, they are not money. Therefore, no robbery was committed. And the guy, the judge, slams the gavel down and says, indictment denied, insufficient evidence. And Batman's watching from the window and he says, this is crazy, impossible. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, the, and then every, all the gangsters just walk out laughing as Batman comes in the window. Yeah, and the one with his hand on his head laughing there reminds me of uh, Richard Nixon a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does look a little like tr Tricky Dick. All right. So now here's where is Haney really starts to go bonkers here. So, okay, Batman comes in and says, Commissioner Gordon says to Batman, how in Hades did this uh, <laughs> boodle get that way, Batman? It was in your care. So he's trying to throw Batman out of the bus here. Batman says, if I knew that, Commissioner, those hyenas wouldn't be walking out free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, okay, back to the Fortress of Solitude here. Why don't you try to explain what happens here? Okay, well, Superman's standing there buck naked. <laughs> and you know he's naked, too, because literally there's a shot of him from behind, and we're literally, like, you can see a little crack. Like yeah, his, it's, butt, it's, his butt cheeks are, like, hanging out. There's a control panel on the show, too much crack, but the crack is inferred. Yeah, he almost likes he has uh, a tattoo on his cheek there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he, he's dry cleaning his suit to find out what what caused the, the, the color green to leave his suit. And yeah, then he puts it together with the, the vat of oozing acid and kryptonite, which can't be healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, then he's just standing by it. So he flies to the sun to have the radiation heat burn it off. Yeah, I'll launder my costume of its uh, green robbing emanations by burning it clean in the sun's heart. And he goes flying into the sun, and you hear this beep, beep, beep. And he goes, eh, that's the special frequency for my fortress. I can hear it anywhere when someone's tampered with something there. And he goes, uh, the caption reads, instantly, the Metropolis Marvel returns to his fortress. And he says, what? One of my medical machines? A healing ray has been used recently? The monitor shows a big dose of healing power went out beyond the fortress, but to where and why? So, okay, there's a little mystery about what's going on here. Okay, flip to Gotham City, and what's Batman doing? He's buck naked. Yeah, he's naked as well. And, I mean, again, really naked. You see on the very first panel, he's got some kind of machine that he's looking at his costume in to see what's going on. I don't know why he thinks his costume has anything to do with that money. I'm not sure how he put two and two together there, but he is really naked. Like, you can almost see his... Like, this was almost the bat wang way before anybody else did it. Oh, yeah. It's like, and it's like a full, it's like, dude, aren't you going to, if you're going to, you know, test your clothes. A pair of drawers, put, at least. I mean, um, maybe he goes commando in the bat suit. Ooh. I'm, think, I'm, thinking, <laughs> him, I'm thinking him and Superman do, you know what I mean? But at least Superman <laughs> can go into, the, go into the sun to clean his up, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> but Batman, it's like, uh, and again, another panel of him, both of them had two panels where it showed them buck naked there's batman standing there and there's a carefully placed piece of machinery right in like front of his schlong it's great yeah and then the sign of a, a bottle with a brain in it it says brain of george gorilla boss dyke and that does not look like a brain i'm sorry <laughs> what? no it, 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 <laughs> it looks like candy it, looks, it does it looks like old granny candy all stuck together in the jar in the jar or the bowl yeah. And he notices it. He, he flips on the costume really quick, and all of a sudden he says, wait one second, that liquid around the dead brain of Boss Dyke, it was clear, but now it's green. There, there couldn't be a connection. And again, you get a little caption box, suspicion growing in his own brain. The masked manhunter flips on the Batcave's closed-circuit TV surveillance system. And he says, the videotape recordings, everything, whenever I'm not... I'm gone. There's Dyke's brain, and the liquid's clear. And then you hear this crazy, like, alien speak coming from the brain. Like, it's like all these weird words that don't make any sense. And he goes, oh, yeah. Eh? The audio circuit kicking on. The brain having some kind of conversation with a disembodied voice in a strange language. <laughs> and then that's when it turns green, right? 
Oh yeah, and then on the like that, I like on the next page that we get a flashback to this. This is not something random set in this. This is from Batman seventy five in nineteen fifty three, and he does the whole story of his adventure when he battled um, boss gorilla Brain Dyke, who had a mad scientist like what's it, Doc Willard, uh, (laughs) Doc Willard, (laughs) cut transplanted his brain, dying brain, into a giant gorilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Batman again, knocked him off of uh, the TV tower in Gotham. And before I saw the little caption box in the bottom left-hand corner of this page, I thought, oh, this is Haney off the rails. This never happened. But like you said, it says, as shown in Batman 75, and I don't own Batman 75, so I had to visit one of those <clears throat> unscrupulous sites to see that this was, like, legit, and it really is. It, I just, oh, my God. Was, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. I was just like, what? And again, that's something you would you would think, okay, that was, you know, golden age, you know, late golden age. So there was really some wild stuff happening there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Batman thinks to himself then, but the crushed area of the brain is now healed because again, this gorilla like King Kong fell off the top of a building and crushed its head. And he goes, something very weird is happening. And somehow Dyke's brain is connected to it. The liquid turning greenish. I'll bet it's got to something to do with my own costumes, green robbing contamination. That caused three vicious crooks to go free. Only one answer. The brain's alive again. But it can't be life as we know it. I'll take it to Superman's fortress and halt its bizarre third life now. (laughs) So I like this panel uh, on page, uh, what is that there, page 10, where he's flying the the bat jet here or bat plane to the fortress. And, you know, anybody who's a big Superman fan knows it's locked. And there's only this giant key that can open it that only he can pick up. But Batman figures that out somehow. Well, I think he's supposed to infer that he uses the bat jet to <laughs> lift it and slide it in. But yeah, how do I'm you looking turn it. Yeah, I'm looking at this visual and thinking it shows the bat plane hovering over the key and the door. And it says sometime later, the bat plane reaches the white Arctic waste that stretch around the fortress. And Batman monologues, Superman must be off somewhere, but I can lift and insert the key dot 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 this way. So I don't know if Tusco was just like, screw it. I'm not going to draw like three panels of the bat plane that, picking this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I good. think we're good. Tusk here. is more for dramatic poses. <laughs> yeah. mm, and then shortly, and Batman saying the disintegration pit. It'll make this pseudo sinister chunk of evil life nothing but a bad memory. And then Superman, he was going to Gotham City because, of course, he's figured out certain things on his end and why his costume was crazy and this and that. So he was going to tell Batman. So they basically like kind of did a flyby of each other. Uh, on their way to each other's little hideouts. And this is when Batman then, he is in, or I'm sorry, Superman is in uh, the Batcave and he's watching this crazy footage as well. And he's thinking to himself, Batman left his TV surveillance system on. There he is just a while ago watching that other monitor. Incredible. Batman, he's gone to my fortress to destroy the brain. It's, it's the most disastrous thing he could do. So, you know, switch to the next page. And wow, how about this craziness? He, yeah, he flies there in a split second. And he gets there, but it oops, too late. And Batman has dropped the glass jar with the brain in it. And then this um, flying bat squid? Yeah, I'm not sure what how you would... It does. It almost looks like something like a bat wings, but like an aquatic underwater creature. And like almost like what's on the cover, except it doesn't have tentacles. And but it's, got, the, um, it's the got the Grinch's eyes. Yeah, and he's got really big eyebrows, too. <laughs> but yeah, Bat, so Batman throwing an ape brain into the disintegration pit with whatever else was in there, plus kryptonite, makes this crazy creature. Yeah. Yeah, so the two of them are kind of screwed, because they're just like, we don't know what this is, we don't know how to stop it. And Superman right away is like, you know, I'm going to try to use my super speed, super strength to punch it and kick it and fight it and that does nothing. And then the caption box on page 12, Super, I'm sorry, Batman says, that, that voice, it's Boss Dyke. And Superman says, your earth-shaking idea stops right here and now. And he's trying to stop it. And the creature laughs and says, ha, 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 you clown, Superman. Even you can't hurt my new body. It's a million times more powerful and invulnerable than the gorilla lousy Doc Willard stuck me in before. <laughs> Just starts flying away from the fortress yeah. and going ape here right oh yeah lee flies out going now i got a job to do see you superheroes 
<laughs> yeah, and it must be moving, you know, very fast, and it just blasts its way right out of there. And Superman, you know, he can keep up with it, so he starts following it, and he goes, "It, it's leaving a swath of pale water behind it. I was afraid of this. It's robbing the green algae from the sea, and when it hits land, it's going to do even worse. It's going to steal all the chlorophyll, unless we can stop it. Earth will become a dead white planet. Human life will be doomed. And then uh, here we go into the uh, the, the next chapter here. <laughs> and this, uh, again, the first chapter didn't have a name. The second one did, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but now this third chapter is called Old Gangsters Never Die. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the caption underneath it, too. This astonishing monstrosity born in the disintegration pit is now... Oh, wait a minute. Astonishing born in the disintegration pit now owns a brain. The criminal cerebellum of George Gorilla Boss Dyke, Batman's infamous former foe. Its purpose, nothing less than world destruction. (laughs) Yeah, and this page is awesome. So, again, Superman and Batman are trying to figure out what's going on. And Superman says, "Uh, my first hunch was correct. It was formed by various space junk and dangerous compounds thrown into the pit. And I'm thinking, isn't a disintegration pit supposed to disintegrate everything? Yeah. Not, Apparently, you know. it, yeah, it's a, maybe it was on strike. I don't know. It didn't work right. So <laughs> he then says, the explosion when we dumped the kryptonite was the creature grabbing all the green from it instantaneously. And Batman says, but the computer checks that it was spontaneous combustion. And <laughs> Superman, I ran a recheck. The computer was fed a false input to throw us off. Batman says blazes at that point. The thing had no brain. So someone else or something else is involved. And yeah, that's what I was thinking to myself. What fed this computer, this information and how did it get into the fortress or feed the information from outside? I, I didn't get that. I don't think they show it. I think it's when we get to a couple pages from now where Bob Haney uh-huh. goes, Oh, by the way, this is what it was happening. Yeah. Which again, that's another totally Haney thing. Like you think, you know what's going on. But he throws so many curveballs into the issue, he then has to find his way out of it by throwing like, you know, three more curveballs to equal those other ones that he already, you know, those seeds that he planted, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've just been reading a bunch of Silver Age Legion, and it's like that. It's like, wait, but that you didn't say that was happening. How could that be the end? (laughs) But, yeah, it's funny. They're, you know, flying by, and they notice a ranger station. I sent this a uh, couple of panels of Ranger Gord. I said, maybe this was him. <laughs> and uh, the, this Ranger is on this like tower like structure. And they say, he says, Superman, Batman, what is that awful thing? And Batman comes inside and thinks to himself, what is it, Ranger? The Batman's most colossal blunder and a deadly threat to Earth. And he goes, heat up that radio. I need wings pronto. And the Ranger says, right. <laughs> <laughs> And then the creature on page, I think it's 14 here, yeah. is just flying around. And it looks like it's just doing like a bunch of like flips and somersaults, like gymnastic feats in the air. Well, I think that's Superman chasing it. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Something. What is this thing doing? Because there's not a lot of detail. I mean, George has got some poses and he's, this great, he's got some great, great cape action. Um, but yeah, I think that's Superman trying to make it dizzy and he flings it into space and it comes right back. It go, he flows it into space going, here's one Frisbee that's going to be going beyond the school fence. <laughs> and, the, and the capture box is in into deepest space. The disc streaks like an Emerald Comet. And then instants later. Back as ah. big as before. Ha, green. <laughs> Yeah, green. Yeah, green. There's so much green on this planet. It draws me back. I must devour it all. Ha ha. I like how it keeps laughing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then what does he say, Superman? It's heading south along the pipeline. Got to stay with it. Hope for an advantage somehow. And it does uh, in one of these panels here somewhere. I thought it was that one, but not yet. But in one of these panels, it does reference uh, Canada, by the way. So, again, that was another reason I'm like, maybe that is really Ranger Gord. because. <laughs> That's where he's at. He's up in Canada. <laughs> oh, here. Next page on the very top. On across Canada, down into the middle of the USA, streaks the scourge. <laughs> and Superman's still just following it, but you know, he still can't figure out how to destroy it. And I love this page too. So it's going through fields of I don't know if it's supposed to be corn or what it is, but of course it sucks all the green out of all these farmers' fields. And Superman says, Oh, it's wheat. 
the entire which I didn't think wheat wheat was green, but okay, no, let's yeah. let's let's not parse hairs here. <laughs> the entire winter wheat crop, it's devouring it. Thank the stars it's not high summer, even more crops would be ruined. But at least I can plant more seeds at super speed where that thing has cut its swaths. And it shows Superman planting seeds in the ground. It looks ridiculous. He stops his chase. To... <laughs> oh, but I gosh. like all the commentary from uh, Morgan Edge is watching news. Lynn is doing a fantastic job spot reporting. But Bob, but that boob Kent's vanished, vanished. <laughs> the ice cream suit must have been his only working outfit. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. That boob, Kent. (laughs) Yeah, Haney's the best. And then uh, a plane comes flying in here, and it says, no use. It eats the stuff like candy. And it says, 72 nightmare hours pass, and Uncle Sam battles back with planes spraying deadly herbicides and defoliants, which half the stuff's probably illegal nowadays. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it's just nothing can stop this creature. Yeah. the, the people are saying it's gone south to Central America. But a few more days of this and Earth will lose all of its critical amount of chlorophyll. So then what does Batman do? How's Batman going to solve this crime? He's going to go beat up a bunch of hoods in Gotham. And I was yeah, thinking, that, that, what is yeah. this? He's trying to find that doc who's just lounging in a hammock in South in the Amazon. Yeah, with some hussy. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> this is great, yeah. So this Doc Willard guy, he's in the Amazon. And it says, uh, he's talking to this woman. Yes, Conchita, old Doc Willard has it all beaten. Plenty of money from all the illegal medical patch-ups I did on America's hoods. This place, you and nobody in the world knows where I am. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I guess one of the hoods squealed, and Batman's there, and he shows up, and he goes, I do. He goes, oh, the Batman, it's not possible. And so Batman starts laying into him about the whole gorilla boss, gorilla dyke, and... (laughs) He just keeps uh, putting too much attention on him, and the woman picks up some kind of, I don't know if it's supposed to be a statue or a piece of lumber, and cracks him over the head with it. And I honestly, even for a Haney comic, I could not believe what happens next. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, and I don't understand why this needed to happen, that he transfers the brain into... He transfers the... The bad guy's brain into Batman when he's super powered. Yeah. So <laughs> Batman says, yes, when I heard Dyke as the chlorophyll devouring creature curse your name and by charting his pattern of progress toward your hideout, there was only one conclusion. He's coming to get even for you putting him into that gorilla's body years ago. And he goes by making you put him into a new human body or else. And he goes, dig doc. <laughs> and the doc oh says, oh, my God, you're right must be right and that's when batman gets cracked over the head and doc willard says but the body i'll put him in will be yours as originally bargained so then the creature shows up and says yeah it's me george dyke doc you do what i tell you to or i'll smother you like a withered geranium and doc willard says i've been expecting you dyke and i know what you want and then caption box says soon in the completely equipped operating clinic where the fugitive medico has kept up on the latest techniques despite long exile and there is batman without his mask on in front of this doc willard and this woman and he says first we remove the batman's brain via modern laser surgery clean neat and painless and then he says and the next panel next page and such is his skill that the recovery time is cut to scant hours and it says uh now the the the, the brain that was in that creature who was this Old Hood is now in Batman's body. Oh, yeah. It, it took him, what, about 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, fantastic, Doc. I not only got a new body, but I've got the best one in the world, the mighty masked manhunters. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dyke. Well, the Batman's brain is in that creature. So wait a minute. So before, the brain got chucked into the pit with all that stuff. And made this creature. So now, how did he perform the surgery on the creature? Or did he just throw Batman's brain up at this creature and absorbed it? How did that happen? Yeah, why not just smash it or throw it out? Yeah, it's Batman's brain. You don't want Batman to somehow get back into his body and arrest you. Yeah, just chuck it in the trash can. Let's put Batman. Let's put Batman's brain in a giant flying chlorophyll creature. 
Yeah, and this is great. So Superman is like, I finally got smart. Remember that the kryptonite tossed in the disintegration pit had lost its green. And white kryptonite is not only harmless to me, it's death to all plant life. So here we go. And then like, there's like red, blue, green, gold kryptonite. Now there's white kryptonite and it gets rid of all plant life. So he goes, there, that thing was dyke. Now it's your turn to wilt. And all of a sudden the creature goes, no, it's me, Batman. It's my brain inside here now. So there's that creature talking in Batman's voice. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's insane. Oh, and then... The, the the criminal tries to convince Bat Superman that he is really Batman, and then an alien spaceship arrives. Yeah, the the Batman who has the uh, boss Gorilla Dykes brain in it says, "Superman, here I am." That cunning criminal mind of Dykes will say anything to escape punishment. Superman says, "Naturally." Now to give him the full force of this kryptonite, and then Batman's brain, who's in this creature, says, "No, he's lying." And then all of a sudden, an alien spaceship and stop. Stand by. <laughs> Superman says, I'm not him. I'm not surprised. That was an alien. <laughs> that was an alien lingo your Batcave tapes picked up. Now they're using your English. Keep cool. And okay. So, like you said, here we go. Now, these crazy alien looking people, like they're very humanoid looking. In fact, I kind of felt like, isn't there a design for like the late 70s or early 80s of Starman? And he kind of has an outfit like this. Well, he's kind of pointy-eared. He's blue. Yeah. Uh, but he's got the open shirt. I, I refer to him uh, he as the disco star man because <laughs> he's got a medallion. But they, they they reminded me a little of the Wonder Twins. Mm, yeah, they pop out of this thing and they say, Hail, here is this bleached area. It is safe for, for us to land. And Bat or Superman says, I figured that. You are the mysterious someone's who've used the creature to make the world non-green so you could conquer and colonize it. And the guy's like, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to try to do here. And it's like, what? So did these people, these aliens, how did they plan out Superman and Batman throwing the kryptonite into the pit to make the creature? And then, okay, if that was the, the thing, I get that. But then why did the criminal brain have to be in there? Because it seems like the creature was able to act on its own or was the criminal's brain while it was in this creature being told what to do to get rid of all the green? Because obviously a dumb criminal is not going to know that. Or the, it just, it's just the criminal gets stuck in it and it's the creature still doing what the, the aliens wanted, flying around and killing all the chlorophyll. <laughs> yeah, this is nuts. And then the alien says, uh, or I'm sorry, Batman with, the, again, the uh, crook brain inside him says, what? This alien creep is lying, Superman. And they say, come into our ship. And and inside the alien craft, there, does your video scene recorder from space lie? And it shows that scene of Doc Willard and his uh, accomplice there uh, zapping open the poor Bruce Wayne, Batman's head, and putting the brain into it. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah. so uh, Superman, Cap, the, the, the Doc... Uh, boss Dyke starts running going I must reach the still living jungle cover and then maybe Superman won't spot me and then all of a sudden Superman's carrying no way Dyke you've had your last taste of green I love it yeah maybe Superman won't see me it's like um dude he has x-ray vision everybody yeah, knows yeah. that Yeah. what in You're, the world <laughs> and then they fly he goes uh, Superman and as soon as he gets the I mean, it, as soon as using all his fabulous medical skills, and has a little star because this is in the age of the editorial box. Oh, this is great. Where it goes, Superman became a licensed doctor in Lois Lane 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Well, of course he did. That was the first thing I thought to myself. I'm thinking, how in the world are they going to get his brain back in there? All I could think oh. of was Spock's brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great brain. Episode. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so Superman knows how to do brain surgery because he got his medical license back in, you know, what do we say, Lois Lane 72 or whatever. It's 12, so it's like probably <laughs> the 1950s. I, that makes me want to go look that one up, too. Yeah, and you know what? Now that makes me mad because there is hardly any Lois Lane on the app. Let's go, DC. Oh, my God. I've never really read any Lois Lane. Unless oh, it was yeah. a reprint. Yeah, it's got to be really weird. Yeah, I probably have maybe at least five or six issues, and yeah, they're all crazy. It's great. Those and the Jimmy Olsons, they're insane. Yeah, no, I, the Jimmy Olsen was weird, too, So, but some of that's in the app, I think. There's more Jimmy Olsen because, you know, yeah. Kirby. Yeah, there's definitely more Jimmy Olsen in there than there is Lois, but yeah, oh, man. 
it's crazy. Yeah, so Superman does super surgery to put Batman's brain back in his body. And then it's funny. Superman, it says, and still later. Now, being brainless, the creature's just a helpless Hulk, easily destroyed with this white kryptonite. So, again, he was saying without a brain in it, the creature had no clue. So, I guess those aliens were controlling Gorilla Boss Dyke or whatever his name was oh when he was God. in there to kill all the green, right? Yeah. And they just get them. No, I see. Okay, so wait a minute. He scolds them and they leave. Yeah, right? I mean, what if they go to do this on another planet? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just okay with it. I mean, uh, I don't know. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, so everything's back to normal. Batman has had two brain surgeries in like literally less than 24 hours, and he's fine. Oh, yeah. And then they twitch. So the whole thing, Doc Willard, he's gone. And so is Dyke's brain. Bad news. Who knows what sinister end he'll use that brain. He'll use that brain again. And now he's concerned, but and he and Willard saw my real face. Question is, did he recognize Bruce Wayne? Well, yeah. Not only Willard saw his real face, so did the aliens. So did that woman assistant. And if that crook was watching on that video that the aliens showed, he knows too. I know. <laughs> Superman. Only time and fate can answer that. Look, already the jungle's regrowing. In a few weeks, all the devastation that creature caused will disappear. Guess old Earth will remain a good green home after all. <laughs> and I love that he puts his last caption box in. Where has the dastardly Doc Willard gone? And what deadly plans has he allied with the brain of Boss Dyke? The incredible answers in a forthcoming issue, the end. I bet you uh, there was never another appearance. <laughs> I would really be freaking surprised. <laughs> But it's Haney, so I'm not, you know. Yeah, if it popped up, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, wow, that is absolutely insane. Again, it's like almost like every time I read a Haney story, I'm like, oh, this is the craziest one I've ever read. Then like within another issue or two, oh, this yeah. has got to be the craziest one I've ever read. <laughs> and, I, and I will admit that when you gave me the choice of this and the next issue, I read this and went, I don't need to read this. The next issue. <laughs> I don't want to do this because this is batshit crazy. Mm. It is so weird. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was silly. It's it's kind of like when I read a Silver Age comic or like a Batman in the era of like aliens and the Batman in the rainbow costume. Um, mm -hmm. Earth 2 did New Year's. They did uh, Batman in a kilt. It's where Batman becomes the laird of a castle in Scotland and him and Robin run around in the entire issue in kilts. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I enjoyed this. Did you thumb through the rest of this issue? I quickly scanned through it. I didn't read any of the stories fully uh, other than this one. This was the only one I read, you know, front to back. Well, what I will say this is it makes me want to read it. I think I have... I may have read bits of this comic, like skip the Superman and Batman, because I kind of remember the Green Arrow and Speedy. It's a Jerry mm -hmm. Conway comic, and it's Jerry Bingham, inked by Bob Layton. Oh, yeah. Really nice art. Yeah, I mean, uh, even that next story was Jerry Conway written, too, the Black Canary one, and it, uh, I think it's Trevor Bunny. E. Oh, yeah, yeah. because it's, it's, uh, uh, he counted, he created Vertigo. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, all the artwork in this entire issue is pretty good. And then good. the creeper is written and drawn by Ditko, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I yeah, uh, yeah, this is definitely one. If you see this one out in the wild, definitely grab this because, again, just that first story alone is worth it. But all the other ones look really, really good as well. I do love these big comics. During the uh, the during the pandemic, I bought a handful, maybe ten. Of those hundred page giants, you know, like oh, the nice. ones in the Justice League ones, and I got like three or four of the Legion ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a Superman family and a Shazam family one. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I got I made sure I got certain ones like the 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 JSA JLA one where Sandy Sandman's old sidekick is turned into a giant sand creature. Cause that's one of the <laughs> yeah. it's one of that one I really remembered as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. you know, it plays it's such a big part of I mean, that's what Johns and I mean, Robinson and Goyer did when they wanted to bring have a Sandman character. 
Mm-hmm. They thought that's who it was. But this was a blast. I love Haney. Yeah, man. And this has to be one of the weirdest ones I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is it is it is one of it's up there as one of the craziest ones for sure. It's got to be. Yeah, it's just it's so silly. Um, what do you think? I'm a, I'm a big George Tusca artist because when I first read Iron Man as a kid, he was uh-huh. the artist. And I've yep. always liked George Tusca. And, he, and yeah. Vinny's good on him. I'm not always a big Vinny Coletta fan, but Vinny's good in this. Yeah, I think you and I may have talked about this before on another recording or off scene, you know, offline. But I know I've seen a few. I have a few of the uh, Tusca Iron Mans. Maybe not a few, maybe just a couple and then maybe a trade or something like that. And I think they're great. Um, I will shout out too. he did a lot of uh, earlier issues of uh, Luke Cage and they're really good. I need to get those. I just over the last couple of weeks, I have gotten they reissued uh, the fir- the Power Man Iron Fist Volume One Epic Collection. Yeah, and I had two and three and then I found uh, four, which is that's the whole run. That's all the Power Man Iron Fist. It's got the last two Luke Cage, loose Power Mans, and then mm-hmm. all the Power Man. I love Power Man Iron Fist as a kid. As a, it, I just read that book religiously. I don't know. I just like them together as a team. But I do remember those early ones. A lot of it was Tuska. Yeah, I only have the Luke Cage Epic Volume One. I don't have any of the later ones, but it's really good. And Tuska's art is great in it because he does good with action scenes, fighting scenes. He draws really good, like bad guys, like, you know, gangsters and stuff like that. Really good. Oh, no. Yeah, he's great at that stuff. And I love it. They have put all the Luke Cage out in an omnibus and it's called just called Luke Cage. It's all of it. But I think when they reissue the epics or if I can find them, because that's something I'd like to read and get the one epic of Iron Fist. And I read some of the more recent Iron Fist, like the early aughts where you saw other Iron Fist through the ages hmm. Yeah, and there, there were a, way too many of them were white dudes. Yeah, uh, it was. I think it was. Wasn't that I think Ed Brubaker started yeah, out, but then so somebody else took over. Yeah, somebody yeah, else. Took and it over was good because Brubaker knows how to write pulp. And that's what mm-hmm. Iron Fist is. But I always liked Danny as because he was such a he's such a happy doofy guy. And him and Luke Cage are such, you know, I just they're a great pairing. But I, I really I do remember I've read all that early power man mm-hmm. my brother really liked exploitation cinema and saw and uh-huh. liked the fact it was big on the fact that hey here's a black superhero he's got his own yeah book. you figure this is like he really yeah. He, yeah and luke was never he was a the first character. one well yeah, he first, was the first really, one you know, black, had, no black panther hadn't had his own title. panther may no. have had his own title or did that start later that was later. Yeah, Luke Cage was the first guy to have his own like mainstream. I don't know about underground stuff, but he was the first mainstream wow, character to have wow. his own own book. Yeah. yeah. It was 70, 73, I think that came out. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah, it's so, great. <laughs> yeah. But this was fun. I would read more. I mean, I might read a couple more of these 100-page giants because there's some good stuff in it. And this, you know, I didn't read. Are you a big reader of World Finest? I only have very few single issues of it, but I did buy, I was lucky enough, I got volume one, a trade uh, paperback, which was, I think I might've got it for like 10 bucks. It might only be a 20 or $25 cover price, but still 10 bucks is cheap. And then I have one of the, oh, those nice hardcovers DC used to put out and then they stopped. I can't remember what they were called, but I put, I have volume three in those. Archive editions. Yeah, archives, archives, yeah. Because I, yeah, I have a bunch. My archives are like I have all the All Star and the Legion. I've got the three seven, mm-hmm. seven soldiers of victories. Yeah. Um, but they were good. I mean, yeah. I like those. But I mean, and I know that. Uh, let me look here. Let's see. Something. I mean, they're really those. Really, they're really off the chain. Those first, that volume one and three. Those stories are just like there's a, a Superman that's like a. Uh, caveman superman oh my god that's just freaking amazing (laughs) i love that stuff yeah it's really crazy oh hold on i'm trying to check it on the app my cat's trying to help me by messing up my typing (laughs) she doesn't she's not a cuddler except when i'm in here recording all right so world's finest it's what the heck um it's not pulling it up that's weird but i want to see the app's got a bunch and I yeah. like that they they do have um, 
they do have some of the omnibuses and stuff in it. I think it might have a lot of the silver, the golden age stuff. Yeah, World's Finest, they actually have 138 issues of it, which, it, what did that go to? 300? So maybe they have almost half? Yeah, easy 300. Three, three, more than 300. Yeah, so they, they probably have less than half, but it, that 138 is not bad. Yeah, and a lot of it is that really early stuff. And then, oh, it does have, it. Ha oh, yeah, they have two. They have uh, the Silver Age Volume 1 and the Silver Age Volume 2 um, okay. of it, which is, seven, oh, wow, only 71 to 94 and 95 to 116. And then some mm -hmm. of did you, have you ever read the Super Sun stuff? Do you no, know what I'm uh -uh. talking about? Yeah, no, I have not. It was about a year's worth where it was basically it was set in an alternate future where Superman, Batman and have sons and they team up. Mm, OK. And if I remember, some of the artists, Swanderson, and they don't have all of it, but they've got some of it in here. And it was that's something I remember reading. Uh, it was really weird. And it's got two of the flash races in it. That oh, which cool. is cool. Yeah, I think I actually do have a hardcover trade, too, and I can't remember where I got it of World's Finest, but it's during that era where uh, it's not Superman and Batman. I feel like there's a, I think the cover to the trade, it's a World's Finest, where the cover has, is it Dr. Fate and Green Lantern fighting each other or some craziness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Earth 2 podcast just covered that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's a Denny O'Neill, um, it's a, I'm actually, I just popped it up. Denny O'Neill, Dick Dillon, Joe Gila. And it is really weird. And they covered yeah. it about two weeks ago from 19, good God, 70? 19, no, 1960 something. But it's very weird. Yeah, I can't even remember where the heck I have it, but I know I have it somewhere because I got it somewhere like really cheap. I don't know if it was Ollie's or somewhere, but I got it really cheap. And I was like, wow, this is great. And again, it's a really good era, but it's very, it's not like, wacky crazy world's finest it's just straight up superhero stuff i think it's denny o'neill and i think len ween too yeah it's them it's them getting their sea legs on trying to it's right when denny's trying to you know update dc yeah yep yeah and len ween was still you know pretty pretty young in the biz yep oh uh, yeah but he's all he's always been good oh yeah absolutely absolutely so all right my friend well I think we've uh, covered this story and covered world's finest here. We've, we've covered the gamut here. So uh, any final thoughts on these or are you good to go? Oh, I just check them out, folks. The app's good for it. It's, it's, it's really worth a read because I was quite surprised how entertained was it. I was by reading it. I read it three times, <laughs> <laughs> read it the first time that I read it twice in the last two days. One just, I read it at work and I was giggling in my office and then I read it this morning. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You know, if you have the app, it's there for the taking. And then, uh, yeah. So if, uh, you know, I know, I think it was either February or March last year, you know, DC ran a, a half off deal on the app. And I'm just saying, if they do that again this year, everybody that hasn't given it a try yet, you really need to. because And it's worth the ultra. It is. I mean, you got to pay for the whole year up front, but it's only eight bucks more than the monthly and you get so much more stuff. Yeah, there's a trade trades and stuff. Yeah, trades and omnibuses. Like I'm gonna do. I, there's a. I really want to kind of go do a, a deep reread of Post Crisis Flash because I really mm. liked Wally that run. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of Jeff John stuff I haven't read, and there's some stuff I missed in the '90s. And I'm discovering there's some comics. I got you know I got some omnis of like New Warriors, uh, and I'd never read it. And there's this uh, the New Warrior podcast guy had been, and I went, I'll try it, and I really enjoyed the first few. I'm really cool. digging them. I mean, they're dated. They they are of their time, but you know, I read Silver Age comics, and that stuff's really dated. Yeah, absolutely. So, so but no, it's it, it, there's a lot on these apps now. I I use the DC app a lot because there's mm -hmm. so much stuff on it. I'll just sit scrolling at lunch at work and go, "Ooh, I haven't read that comic in 30 years." I read um, if you've never read it, Jerry Conway's Mike Nasser and Keith Giffen's Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, okay, yeah, from the late seventies. There, it's that's so, so good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, that's so. in the. Uh, I have some of that in the uh, Swamp Thing omnibus. Really? Because he yeah. had a Swamp Thing and Dead Man joined the Challengers of the Unknown. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were in there for a bit. So I have those issues, but yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. And yeah, like I said, if there's a deal on the app for sure, 
give it a shot because again, you're it's it's more than a bargain at that price for sure. I mean, even the regular price is fine too, but at that price, you, you got to give it a try. If they're willing to go yeah. half off for an entire year, throw the 35, 40 bucks at them and give it a try. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. So, all right, my friend, well, that's going to wrap us up for this one. So if anybody's looking for you, where can they find you on social media and uh, your podcasting? Well, I'm on Twitter and Facebook as stop and Instagram and Mastodon as stop. Let's team up. Uh, or Gallifrey's Most Wanted. Uh, that's my Doctor Who podcast. If you're interested in that, check it out. And um, if you want, check it out. In Sometime in February, I'm going to uh, still going to do my Legion once a week, and I'm going to do my weekend episodes of different stuff, like uh, a show you and me are going to record later. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to start my Starman podcast and cover the legacy of all the Starmen. So mid mid-February, I should be ready to go with that. Cool. And I do love enjoying uh, listening to your Legion, even though most of the time lately I have not been able to follow along on the app. There are some huge gaps in Adventure Comics, which sucks. It's got it all scanned because it's all in the book. I'm reading it from something, a book they printed 30 years ago. Yeah. It drives me nuts. I just, I really, I just did the last John Forte uh, one, the guy that did Mm -hmm. the art, the early art in Adventure. And it was really, I'd never read it. I never read there. I'm getting to some that I'm I have missed. Yeah, that they weren't in any reprints. And I've had these archives for years, but I've just not done a read through a reread of Legion in like 30 years. Yeah, literally so. the uh, the adventure comics on the app. It starts with 103, so there's 102 issues. Okay, those are really really old, but it goes from 103 to yeah, but it's got all the Starman, which is all scanned too. Yeah, it goes from 103 to 247, so that's a gap of 144 issues. And that goes right to the very first Legion, because 247 yeah. is the first Legion. Yeah, 247, then 267, so another 20-issue gap. 278, 11-issue gap. 300, 22-issue gap. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. And then after 316, there's a gap all the way to 340, so that's like a, what, a 34-issue gap? Like. There's all these huge gaps in that. I don't understand. You're about to the one the ones I'm about to read are either in the adventure or in uh, there was a five issue Legion of Superheroes reprint in the 70s. And it is the Caputo two parter, which is the one I'm recording this week. Uh, the Stalag in space, I think. But other there it's I'm, the next one I do is the first Silver Age Legion comic I ever read, which is. The computer story. Yeah, I think 340. Yeah. Yeah, so 340 yeah. and 341 are on the app, so at least I'll be able to listen into those two. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be able to follow They're... along, I mean. <laughs> oh, it's a really important, it's a really great, and it's Kurt, it's Swan, it's Swan Klein. The guys that have been doing the covers are now doing the interiors. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and then there's, oh. they have a bunch from this era. 340, 341, 46, 47, 48, 49, 52, 53, 54, 56, 57. So there's all a two parties. Yeah, there's yeah, a, a they've decent, got the classics. Those are kind. Of, yeah, those are kind of the classics. One of the two parters is the introduction of Invisible Kid, um, not Invisible, uh, Feralad, Karate Kid, Projecta, and Nemesis Kid when they were all inducted. That shooter wrote that comic when he was fourteen. Yeah, that's wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, he, he, they're really good. But check, I, if you folks, if you want to check it out, we, I'm having a lot of fun rereading and, and sharing my thoughts on it. Yeah, it's a blast. I love it. And now you're up to, I think you're doing two or three issues sometimes. Yeah, I'm, doing, yeah, I'm doing three if I have to, because uh, I'm getting to the era of the two-parters. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to speed it up, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I can still do them. So a lot of what I'm happening is now is two-parters. And, you know, sometimes, like I did, the Kid Psycho one I did, is it, it's a nine-page story. And I yeah. had never read it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm discovering some of these odd ones that are in... The archives, mm-hmm. but they're not in other map things. See, I didn't get the omnibuses, and I kind of want to compare. They, you know, it's called mapping when they put these things in when they want to be super complete. Like you've got there's some challenges in your swamp thing omnibus because that's yeah. where it was. Yeah, and I like them doing that, and they do. Mm-hmm. Mark really does a good job. Of it. I want to see if they're a little different. I'm not going to buy the omnibus, but I, if, I'll use the mapping for rereading. So yeah, I like when they do that. They try to you know, get everything from a certain era of a character and then not only get everything and put it into an omnibus or, you know, a large trade, put it in like a sequential 
you know, order as well. Like when it, yeah. when it came out. I like that. I like when they do that. Yeah. And I, I bought the two Starman compendiums to help me with the new podcast. Mm. And it has some stuff that's not in the hardcovers. Oh, wow. Stuff that came out after it, like the 12 part shade mini. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, my friend. Well, that is going to wrap us up. So uh, I will get out of here. And uh, I thank you for being on, man. This was a blast. And we'll have to uh, brainstorm for uh, some more material coming up in the future, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I love doing it. All right, man. An heroic legacy beginning in 1941 that spans time, space, and the whole of the multiverse. Journey along with the Knights of the Stars. Ted, David, and Jack. They along with Will Payton, Michael Thomas, Prince Gavin, Tom Kalor, and Courtney Whitmore. They take the mantle of Starman and continue his legacy. I invite you to listen as I journey through these adventures of all these heroes and the rest of the Starman family here on Opal City Confidential, a Starman podcast, coming February 2023.